This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 5.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And now, after a brief courtroom interlude yesterday, we're continuing our Hopes for Malaysia series, where we're interviewing people who are trying to make our country a better place and asking them, what are your hopes for Malaysia? Today, we're closing off with a focus on the youth of Malaysia. So, of course, if we're going to talk about this, Let's begin with Undi 18, right? Um, So the push for that, you may remember, began back in 2016. Uh, It gained traction with the support of MPs like Said Sadiq. The bill was passed, a historical moment in 2019. And what this means is that there is going to be an increase of almost 6 million new voters heading into GE15 and 40% of that 5.8 million will be between the ages of 18 to 21. We've already seen this play out somewhat um, during the Johor polls earlier this year. Uh, And along with, I don't want to misrepresent the situation and say that Undi 18 are the only people working in this area, right? Because there have also been the rise of other youth-led organisations in support of youth agendas, including Muda, Why Politics and Missy Solidarity. Yes, so I think it's actually a really interesting time to be talking about youth representation in politics because we've actually seen the impact of young people making their voices heard. Um, It's also, um, may I say, easier for people to platform their opinions because of social media, because of the internet. And we've also seen the power of the internet, right, in things like organising, in getting messages out. And I'm also curious about where about what this means in terms of the future of what our political landscape might look like. Because on the one hand, we have, I think, people who are very clearly not young people right at the top. Um, On the other hand, there's this huge groundswell of um, not just a demand, but I think a real appetite for younger representation, new representation, fresh ideas. And so I think there's there's a lot to be learned from young people and their voices. I, I often feel that when, quote unquote, older people talk about um, people not having enough experience, for instance, that it kind of misses the point that, in fact, a lot of fresh ideas and new ideas come from the next generation. So I like I really like that you're framing it in the context of new and fresh and not necessarily better. Because I think alongside this push and and, and desire for young blood, for new faces to enter the political scene, is also the acknowledgement that along with that, you need to have people who are going to fight for good things, who are going to stand for, for example, good governance, anti-corruption, what have you. And that being young does not automatically equate aligning with those those values, right? Or that being young does not automatically equate with being progressive. And so alongside this idea of more youth voters and faces and representation is also the, the discourse of voter education, political education, uh, the immersion of um, younger people in political ideas and ideals. And all of that is going hand in hand. And that's what results, I think, in this in this idea of it being fresh, new. But better is something that we all have to collectively work towards, I think. 
So we'll be very shortly joined by Lokaman, who is the founder of Why Politics. They're an independent youth-led movement that aims to increase political engagement among Malaysians. Uh, but we'd like to hear from you. Have you been feeling encouraged by youth participation in politics? You can call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp at 018-789-8899. You can tweet us at BFM Radio and keep it here on the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. Building Fit Malaysians, BFM 89.9. It's 5.12. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And we're continuing our Hopes for Malaysia series, uh, essentially asking people who are working towards making Malaysia a little bit better what their hopes are for the country. Uh, And today we're talking about youth participation in politics. Let us know, have you been feeling encouraged by this you can call double seven double three two nine hundred, WhatsApp or voice note us 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us is Lo Kaman, founder of Why Politics, an independent youth-led movement that aims to increase political engagement among Malaysian youths. Kaman, thanks for joining us today. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about the work you do. And so Why Politics, like what you mentioned, is a multi-partisan movement. So what we do in Why Politics is we produce infographics to equip Malaysian youths with the information necessary to ensure that, um, you know, our country's governance is representative of their needs and demands. And if you take us back a little bit, right, what was your first exposure to the concept of advocacy or speaking up for your rights? I think my first exposure was um, when people, when I see my friends or like people around me, they attend protests, and then um, you know they once they attend protests and then they were called in for statement. But then those who are in power, um, they you know they the, the only thing they do is like they they call you in for statements when the, whatever those who went for protest they just demanded answers. So I think that was like my first exposure where you know I get to witness like. Um, those who are in power, they refuse to give answers to um, whatever the public are demanding for. Was there a particular moment or turning point that led you to pursue youth activism more seriously? Um, in 2019, I joined the Kampung Tungku team. And I was brought by YBEW into an Orang Asli settlement. Um, I think it was then I realized how privileged I actually am. I think the turning point was, you know, when I see kids, um, they don't have proper roads to go to school. They don't have um, access to basic education. They don't have electricity in the school. And it was then I felt so guilty about my privileges. And um, I really wanted to address those who are suffering. In your view, uh, what does it mean to be a politically engaged young person? I think a lot of people, especially my friends, um, like all all the people around me, so they assume that being politically engaged means that you want to be a politician. But um, it's not true. So I think all of us here, we should be um, politically engaged. Um, even if it's just, you know, watching out on social media, um, to you know, to show people like your agreement and your disagreement, um, we all have to do a part in learning how to exercise our rights and you know our voice to ensure that um, the decisions are representative of what we need. So I think 
um, going back to the question, what does it mean to be politically engaged young person? It basically means that whenever you see something that um, you think is not right and then you speak up for it. On the opposite side of it, though, what do you think are some of the things that keep younger people from being invested in politics? I think um, a lot of young people, what they are facing right now is the restriction from the school. And also, um, a lot of their parents would, you know, discourage them from joining politics, including my parents. Um, so initially, they really stopped me from joining politics, and they always tell me to stay away from politics at such a young age. So I think parents, universities play a very um, major factor in, you know, stopping um, young people from being um, so invested in politics. And also, like, um, so for example, if you join a protest and then you be called in for statement, and this is also one of the factors that um, is keeping young people to join politics. So we we started off our show by mentioning this. Getting Undi 18 through is maybe one of, if not the biggest milestone that we've seen for youth rights. Uh, can you talk to us about how this felt when it finally passed? Mm, I think... All of us here were very happy. So it all started off as a bill. And then right now, if you're 18, you have the right to vote. So, yeah, it's um, basically everyone, I think I remember everyone was so happy because um, there will be approximately 3.5 million new voters for GE15. And then we can see, you know, like... Um, uh, we can we can see like a rise in the number of young Malaysians um, who will vote in the next uh, coming PRU. And how do you hope this will shape the future of the country? I hope to see um, more young people who will be political candidates because um, even eighteen years. Even 18-year-olds now can be MPs. So most of, most, most of our MPs or politicians we see are normally older people, say 35, 40 and above. However, this change when GE14, um, where youth leaders like Sadiq um, were elected to be part of the cabinet. So with this new amendment being made, there is higher likelihood that you know, we will see even younger people being members of the parliament. Having said that, have there been challenges in keeping the momentum going? Yeah, I think um, especially after Lanka Sharatan, so a lot of young people, they think that um, what is the point of, you know, casting their vote? Um, even if they, you know, even if they vote for whoever they think that is capable of running the country, um, people will eventually backstep the entire movement and their, their vote will go to waste. So I think one of the challenges we are facing right now is to get young people to come out and vote, to at, at the same time to relay the message that um, it's important for them to come out to vote and their vote matters. I think this is one of the challenges that a lot of us are facing right now. Mm, so then, when it does come to that, when it gets uh, you know to come, when it comes to getting them out to vote, what sort of work needs to be done to mobilize young people for the upcoming elections? Um. So many young people, they're unhappy with the status quo and they're looking for a radical change in the government. So to get them to the polls, I think we need young candidates 
that will make an um, effort to connect with younger voters on issues they care about. So I think we need new leaders or leaders who are more in tune with their present context and leaders who are able to provide new solutions. You mentioned hopefully younger MPs and stuff, um, you know, in the next GE. But at the moment, are you seeing younger people also actively participating in politics? And what does that look like? Yeah, I think more youth have taken the initiative to be more politically conscious. So for Why Politics, whenever we post an infographic on Instagram, um, we often receive hundreds of messages um, basically asking us to elaborate more. Or people will just... Um, express their views, express whatever they think. Um, they disagree. Some disagree, some agree with whatever we post on Instagram, which I think is good because um, they are participating in politics. And even for the latest Kerajaan Gagal movement, if I'm not mistaken, the spokesperson is a first-time voter. The thing is, one of the common refrains that we hear when it comes to youth politics is that young people are not experienced enough to make political decisions. What's your response to these types of notions? To that, I say at 17, you're old enough to drive. At 18, you're old enough to marry. In fact, at 18, many youths are expected by the society to make decisions about their um, education or vocational training that would set the cost for the rest of their life. So many people, many young people have been, you know, shouldering household responsibilities since they were 12 or even younger. We have been shouldering responsibilities our whole lives in line with how a lot of our parents have raised us. So I don't think there should be an age limit to political engagement. Um, a, a 12 year or would have just as much anxiety about, say, COVID-18 as an 18-year-old or even a 55-year-old does. So I think we are just capable of being responsible as any other adult. So uh, you mentioned school earlier sometimes being a barrier and some of the feedback we hear, especially when talking about university students and politics, is the, the idea that young people should be focused on studies and not distracted by activism or politics. What would you say to that? I think if you look at the student movement in the 70s, so people like Anwar Ibrahim, people like Mat Sabu, um, they were actively involved in activism during their uni days, during their um, basically when they were much younger. So I think this is I think when people say that okay, young people they should focus on studies and not be distracted by activism or politics, it is not true. Because if you look at um the the, the previous ones that I mentioned, they were able to, you know, at the same time focus on their studies and carry out activism work. Carmen, what are your final thoughts or, you know, your hopes for Malaysia really? Mm, I hope that we will be able to form a singularly plural Malaysia. For so many years, we have been brainwashed into believing we are distinctively different, that each race is separate in its hope and aspiration. But when the fact is we are uh, singularly plural, and uh, we are a blessed country with our resources and beautiful multicultural Malaysian society, which we should treat as our collective asset and not our liability. So I think we definitely have challenges ahead of us, but um, we should and we will face and overcome all of them together. 
Kamen, thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you. That was Lo Kamen, founder of Why Politics, uh, weighing in on youth participation in politics as part as our, as part of our Hopes for Malaysia series. Let us know: Have you been feeling encouraged by youth participation in politics? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. You can WhatsApp us as well, or tweet us at BFM Radio. We do have this from CK. CK says, instead of talking about young politicians, I would prefer that the cabinet is formed by a mixture of races, professions and genders, uh, including Orang Asli also. We need points of view from different angles, not just old versus young. And I think that um, CK, there's a lot of validity there and that certainly represents what many Malaysians want, I think. A cabinet that represents the the makeup of our country, the mul- the multiplicity, the multitudes that our country has. Um, but just to say that I I feel increasingly that the more we talk about youth participation in politics, the more important it is to not frame it in a versus context because that, that has always been the thing, right? This idea that an influx of young voters or young politicians will inherently mean that the comparison is to older people. When in fact, I think the comparison should be um, about quality, which is a point that we were trying to make earlier too. And actually, um, I completely agree, right? It's not a versus thing. I have always felt, I feel so enriched that I work in an environment where there are people, uh, you know, quite a bit younger than me because I always feel like I'm constantly learning from them. And I can only hope that it's a two-way street, right? And I can only imagine that that would enrich our political scene so much more rather than to think about it as, a well, if there are more young people, then the old people's voices are not going to be heard. I don't think that that's really the issue here. Um, anyway, keep those thoughts coming. We are talking about youth participation in politics. Is this something you're feeling encouraged by? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp us at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio, BFM eighty nine point nine.